start from uh, start from the top. We're gonna break down UFC 225. Great. Um, start from the main event. Go down. Uh, sure. All right. Romero and Whitaker then. Okay. Sure. How about you, Romero? Just still improving at 41. He is just the freak of all freaks, as as uh, Joe Rogan would put it. Man. Yeah. yeah. He's awesome, and he's such a cool character. Such a cool. Uh, personality, yeah, a great addition to the middleweight division. He has Definitely. a great story too. For people who yeah. don't know much about him, watch watch his uh, his appearance on Joe Rogan. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, he's the basically the 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 fundamental immigrant story of grit of grit and yeah. tough beginnings and you know we both overcoming know adversity that. yeah oh, not personally but like our parents are both yeah. immigrants yeah which I yeah which is definitely a reason why I. Look at Romero and mm-hmm. I go, mm-hmm. all right. You, you see something, something in him. Yeah. You know what I mean? You see a bit of yourself in him. I see a bit of communism in him and I like mm-hmm. it. You and know? You, yeah, just enough. <laughs> just enough communism. Yeah. Just the good things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, his his game plan was so smart because uh watching his first fight with Whitaker, he was so active right off the bat. Mm-hmm. He won the first two <laughs> rounds, the first fight. Mm-hmm. Um and obviously he guessed right away. He lost the three rounds after that. Yeah. This one he had his hands up, he was Super slow, almost stationary, completely right. stationary, just yeah. preserving Very his energy. Yeah, and then um, out of nowhere, he won the last three. Well, one of them, one of the judges had the last three for Romero. Right. Uh, the other one had <laughs> one each. Which I the the judging there, I think sometimes you get some wacky decisions, but I think yeah. that for that one, you know, depending on what you're looking at and how each judge scores different criteria in the fights, mm-hmm. which we can talk about too. How yeah, yeah, yeah. Different uh, judges score different aspects of mixed martial arts um you know i could definitely see how they would give it one way to romero i thought i agreed with anik on uh, john anik on that it's like I, th- i thought it was a 10-8 for romero uh 10-8 the last round in the round second five? fight yeah mm, yeah i, I mean, mean yeah definitely he controlled he did everything whitaker barely threw anything mm-hmm. um kept him down at least kept him on the fence and kept right. like feeding him So yeah. I don't know what like what do you suggest uh, like improvements on the on the judging have more judges mm-hmm. or increase the um, the score like have a higher cap on right. the score just to just to go back to uh, Romero's fight style in the yeah, rematch yeah. Um, just quickly just to touch mm-hmm. on that uh, yeah Romero's very explosive and you know he's known for his wrestling so. I thought it was really interesting the way he was being conservative because he has been known in the past to either gas out or mm-hmm. try to, you know, do some semi-legitimate slash Ill- illegitimate things yeah. between rounds. So I thought that was a really good thing that he was doing. But to go back to the, um, judging, I think the way the way MMA is set up for people who don't know is based on the old boxing system, the 10-point system, which... It, frankly doesn't really make sense when you factor in elbows and clinching mm-hmm. and knees and kicks and takedowns and grappling and all that so as for how to expand on that i mean i'm no I'm certainly no expert so yeah. it's hard to say but i find um more judges might be a good idea might be a good start you know at I least so three four or five would be mm-hmm. good that way if one judge you know either fucks up or uh sees things in a way that the other ones don't, you can have a situation where the majority rule still overpowers, mm-hmm. um, you know, a, a mistake, quote unquote. And, and, and like statistically speaking, that works out well for all. Uh, yeah, it could be like trials. less room for error and judging. That's right. Yeah, less yeah. room for human error. Yeah, yeah exactly. And um, that's the thing I don't get about the 
the UFC is like, is that up to the UFC to decide or is it up to the commission to decide mm-hmm. how many judges? I imagine it's a commission decision, yeah, mm-hmm. which is part of the reason the UFC struggles because they're always kind of at the mercy of these commissions. Yeah, a little and, bit. And they yeah. have that they have that old old boxing head mentality where it's their way or the highway, you know, and yeah. and, and they're never wrong and things mm-hmm. like that. So it'll be interesting if there is ever a change and what kind of change that might be. We even saw that in the Romero and this fight too, because Romero was cutting weight, right? He missed by one pound. Mm-hmm. Uh, they gave him two hours to cut th- that pound. Mm-hmm. Weighed in again within the two hours. Yeah, was point two over halfway through, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, was point two over. They didn't let him cut anymore, even though he has two hours. They didn't let him finish the, mm-hmm. the two hour, and that that came from the commission, not the UFC. Right. Yeah. Oh, if it was up to the UFC, they would, you know. Oh man, they Don, would. They uh, wouldn't even weigh him in. Dana would have gone <laughs> in the sauna with him. Like, right. We're both doing this. Right. 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 Um. Yeah. Yeah, it's very it's very interesting, but I think that type of stuff, although it is, you know, doesn't always work out in the favor of the athletes, it's mm-hmm. beneficial for the sport, I think. Yeah. When it's done properly. But how can you do that properly though? Is it less like the Yeah, it's the million dollar question, right? Yeah. That's what everyone's, everyone's trying to figure out. It's really interesting, man. But uh what makes Romero's performance so impressive is like how rough of a shape he was in on Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When he weighed in, he was like being yeah. held up by his teammates or by his coaches and like, could yeah. barely walk to the scale, could barely walk back. Yeah, it's it's one thing to to fight, you know, when you've got eight hours of rest, you had spaghetti the night before, you know, your mom told you you're the best boy in the world. Yeah. It's a whole other thing when you're cutting weight when and for if take one look at Romero, he's shredded. He's diced to the socks. I yeah. mean, where where when he's cutting weight, where is he even getting the weight exactly. to cut? You know what I mean? So he's depleting himself so immensely, and then to fight a guy like you know Bobby Knuckles, Robert mm-hmm. Whitaker, arguably the best middleweight. I mean, well, maybe not arguably. Probably I mean, at the this best point, yeah, I yeah. like he is so fantastic, man. Mm-hmm. And his and he's only twenty seven. I believe. yeah, twenty seven. It's incredible, man. I I can't even. Like mm-hmm. just th- thinking about, you know, obviously I'm not a professional athlete, but just thinking, <laughs> I good gracious, by the time I'm 27, if I'm one eighth of the athlete oh that he God. is, then I will, you know, retire on top. I think he's a bit underrated, to be honest. Definitely, you know, yeah. Like he's among the least talked about UFC champs, I think. Right. Yeah. And he's on a really impressive uh, streak. streak right now, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I, think, he, I think he won Brunson. Jacare Romero twice. Yeah, and, and even before that, he beat Rafael Natal. Yeah, I'm gonna look it up actually. See, yeah, Rafael Natal. He beat him pretty impressively. That he's, mm-hmm. you know, not many people know about him, but during Whitaker's rise to the top, that was a huge challenge for him. You know, absolutely. He, yeah, he was uh, ranked lower than Natal at the time, and he went in there and like implemented his game plan well. He's really smart. That's what's really that's what's really fascinating about him. And he's one of those guys too who. Um, he f- used to fight at welterweight, a weight class lower, and now he's moved up in weight, and mm-hmm. he has a pretty significant speed advantage over a lot of guys, which has been his, you know, his uh, ace in his sleeve, I mm-hmm. think, which is really cool. You saw that speed in the Romero fight, too. Yeah, so absolutely. he's on a nine-fight win streak right now. He got TKO'd by Stephen Thompson mm-hmm. at 170, and after that, that he's was, like... That was about four years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. so uh, that was in 2014. After that, he said, okay, screw this, I'm going to move up. And he's on a nine-fight win streak mm-hmm. right now. He beat- I think he had one more fight at welterweight after that, but that I think that was just to prove, you know, all right, I'm not a I'm not a schmuck at welterweight. Mm. It could be Uriah Hall, uh, the one right after Thompson. I think it was um, Clint Mike, Hester, maybe Mike Rhodes is who. Mike he, Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Clint Hester was the one after that in middleweight, right? 
I'm not too sure because it doesn't okay. show the weight. Okay, that's fine. Whatever. Not a big deal. Yeah. But uh, anyway, an Ivan win streak is still... Uh, oh, yeah. Come on. I mean, yeah, Brunson, uh, Ronaldo, Jacare, and then Romero twice. Yeah. Odie. Those guys are... Mm-hmm. And, and people who fight Brunson, you know, they they some people struggle against him. And he made it look really, yeah. really impressive. So he's, he's really cool, man. Who do you think I, is... Go yeah, on, go on. on. Who do you think is next for uh, for Whitaker then? For Whitaker, um, or who would you like to see next? Uh, well, if we just look at the rankings here really quick, uh, Luke Rockhold just got number ranked number two, mm-hmm. just got knocked out by Old Romero. Yeah, he's he. As a side note, he's my favorite fighter in the UFC. So technically, fun to watch. just super fun to yeah, watch. Yeah, super fun. It's really frustrating. Being and a fan and of his. Uh, and Rock. Just a quick thing about Rockhold. He's one of those fighters that caters to all kinds of. MMA fans. Absolutely, yeah. His ground game is spectacular. Yeah. Oh, goodness. On the feet, he's amazing. His yeah. boxing, his uh, his kickboxing, his kicks yeah. are amazing. And he's probably the most handsome man and on the planet. And he's the most handsome man on the yeah, planet. Yeah. So, I mean... Yeah. Definitely. So, he's got the... He's a full package. Yeah, he's he a has the full package. package. Yeah, I mean... Um, other guys in the top five, you know, Kelvin Gastelum would be... I think that's probably the next for uh, mm-hmm. Whitaker. You could either, either argue him or Chris Weidman, but then... And there's a bit of a hiccup there, right? Because... Um, Weidman beat uh, Gaslam, mm-hmm. but he hasn't been fight. He's been inactive for about a year and a half, I think. And in the meantime, Gaslam's rebounded off that Chris Weidman loss. Yeah, and he's strung together a couple of victories beyond that too. Mm-hmm. And I, what's really interesting about that matchup, I think, is you know both guys used to fight at welterweight. They're both these speedy, hard hitting guys, and they kind of represent like the next generation of talent. Yeah, in in they this do. division, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they can mix it up really well, and and I find and they're both in their mid late twenties. Yeah, Gaslam is a bit younger, but yeah. they're both young. The Romero, if you want to call it a rivalry, I wouldn't call it a rivalry necessarily, since mm-hmm. Whitaker beat him twice. But yeah. that is still like a saga. You could you could call it a saga. Uh, that saga is really interesting, and I and I I feel like maybe the next big rivalry for Whitaker would be Gaslam. Which would be really, really cool. That would be I really think. cool. Yeah. And honestly, um, I could watch Romero and Whitaker fight oh, ten goodness, times. Man. Yeah, it's it's so cool. They're so they match up so well, man. It's so well, yeah. and both fights were absolute bangers. Um, they were talking slobber knockers. Yeah, that third round uh, was probably round yeah. round of the year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely round of the year. They were talking after the fight um, in the booth, like Anik, uh, Joe Rogan, and Jimmy Smith about a rubber match, mm-hmm. the third match between mm-hmm. the two. I mean, obviously it's fun, but like, how meritorious would that be to have them fight again for the third time mm-hmm. with Whitaker 2-0? I think, especially, yeah, Whitaker's up 2-0. Romero has all these semi-controversial, you know, asterisks on his record that have progressed him through the rankings and that have gone with the title shot. So maybe not, you know, in the foreseeable future, mm-hmm. but certainly if they were to fight again, I would certainly not be mad about that. No, um... Or he can move up to 205. Yeah, that's the conversation that him and Dana are having right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's That would be really Because if you look at 205, 205 is thin to begin with. <clears throat> yes. And with DC leaving, mm-hmm. it's even thinner. Yeah. Because he's thick. And also because he, he left. Yeah. Like, if you average all the thickness, mm-hmm. DC's got about 90% of the thickness Absolutely. in that division. Yeah. And then with him gone, it's super thin. Yeah. There's not much yeah. thickness yeah. going on there. If you move up, fight Gustafson... Yeah, it'll be a great fight to watch. But then, okay, fine, fine. So let's. So that's the conversation that him and Dana are having right mm-hmm. now. He, he keeps missing weight. 
you know, he's lost the opportunities at the title multiple times at this point. And typically when that happens in a guy's career, they move up in a weight class. Yeah. Um, okay, fine. Romero's a stud at 185. That 20 pound increase to 205, that's a big, big, big jump. And as, when you're facing a guy like Alexander Gustafson, who, you know, walks around at 240, mm -hmm. six foot five, fine, you, you're an Olympic caliber wrestler, but there's a reason weight classes exist, right? That's true. So he's a phenomenal perennial contender at 185, but how will he fare at 205? That's the next question, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, but I think that would be a big fight for Gustafson, you know, put him more on the map. Would solidify him. Yeah, sure. solidify him, definitely. Because if he's been inactive for a while as well. Mm -hmm. Well, after after he beat uh, Glover Teixeira, I think he hasn't fought since, has he? Um, I'm not too current on his uh, rankings and, and standings and whatnot, but yeah, he has, I know that he has, uh, it's been a while since we've seen the Mauler in the cage. Mm -hmm. He's one of the most fun yeah, he's very uh, he's interesting. He's one, you know, I think he was the first guy to take down John Jones. Mm -hmm. He took down DC a couple of times in their fight, I believe. Yeah, if I'm not. So he hasn't fought crazy. in a year, a year and a couple right. weeks. Yeah. Um, his last fight was Glover Teixeira. Yeah. The thing about the light heavyweight division is that you can afford to have a year long layoff and still fight. Right. For the title yeah. Not many no fights there. are going on in that in that mm -hmm. top ten contenders, and what's it kind of makes that even more confusing is. Three, I think three guys in the top 10 all trained at the same gym, yep. which is really strange. Alexander Gustafson. Latifi. Latifi. And I think Ozdemir. Jimmy Manoa. Oh, no. Jimmy Ma Jimmy Manoa. Yeah, you're yeah. right. They all train out of the same camp, which is, you know, all right, fine and dandy. You, mm -hmm. you need, when you're a big guy, you need big guys to move around with yeah. and train with and spar with. But when that when that title shot comes knocking, you can't turn it down because, no. you, because your buddy's across the cage, you know? So... I mean, they, uh, well, uh, Gustafson and Manawa said they would never fight each other, but it's like, well, what if Dana has, right, says right. like, this is what you got to do, right? What are you going to do? I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very, maybe one of them moved to heavyweight or yeah. something. I mean, they're both professionals, yeah. you know, so I'm they sure, have that, fought I'm sure before. they have fought before. I'm sure they can work out some kind of arrangement. And I mean, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm sure they could work something out. Okay. Let's go back a bit to the, to the, uh, middleweight and the dumpster fire that's going on in the middleweight. Yeah. Weidman beat Gastelum, right? That's yeah. But does he really deserve it next title shot? Um I'm I would say I'm more interested in seeing Gastelum fight and you know in this in this uh climate that mm -hmm. we have of of mixed martial arts guys it, there's a huge recency bias I think. So <clears throat> the fact that Gastelum has been more active, he has been stringing wins together, I think that pleads more of a case for him than the overall body of work that Chris Weidman has uh, accumulated over his yeah. career, you know? Maybe for, I would love to see him contend for the title again. He's a great, great athlete and a mm -hmm. great champion. And, you know, that that, was a great that type of redemption story yeah. is always fascinating to watch no matter who's in the matchup. Um, but, yeah, like I said, I think I'd like to see Gaslam next. Mm. I would like to see Gaslam uh, fight next, even stylistically, too. Um Yes, Weidman beat him, but I think Gastelum presents a bigger challenge for mm. Whitaker right now. Yeah, he's more dynamic, you could say. Yeah, so. I mean, Romero, in my opinion, is a better wrestler than Weidman. Mm, um, I mean, you could argue he's better. One's All-American, the other one is an, is an Olympic. Olympic. Yeah, but yeah, go on. Yeah. Okay, they're both amazing, let's say that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Whitaker did great stuffing his takedowns. Yeah. yeah. Weidman, you know, that's his style. He's going to take yeah. you down. He's going to work you on the ground. 
Whitaker. A, I, I wouldn't. I won't. I, won't, I was going to say he's a one more one dimensional than Romero, which is a bit yeah. of an insult. But he's. I would say less explosive, less yeah, dynamic. less diverse. Maybe yeah. his, his fight style is less yeah. diverse. But I mean, everybody. Everybody's less yeah, diverse. A velociraptor is less explosive. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so yeah, I'd like to see Gastelum. They're probably just going to stand and bang for five yeah. rounds. And it'd, and it'd be one of those cool matchups where you see a lot of footwork and feints, and mm-hmm. you know you get to see a lot of the different uh, different techniques that mixed martial arts have been developing yeah. over the last five, ten years. Yeah, like you said, stuff. that's the new generation. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move. Uh, let's move down to the co-main event. Oh, oh yes, Colby. Yes, the nerd bash. Yeah, the, the nerd, nerd bash. Let's bash on some nerds. Oh my goodness, man! Colby, Colby Covington, Covington, RDA, Rafael dos Anjos. Um, aside from Colby's absolute cringeworthy trash talk, yeah, absolutely impressive win, dude. Yeah, I, I RDA is probably my favorite lightweight of all time. Mm-hmm. I I love his fighting style. You know, he's no nonsense. He's got that big cube frankenstein head cube, so cube. and he just he just puts the pressure on guys mm-hmm. and he's so technical and ever since uh and he's been evolving his game frequently over his career he, he wins the belt and he continues to evolve and i really respect that and his his actions outside of the cage are also extremely respect respectable mm-hmm. so that's why i love rda and and he prevent pre- presents this big this, this this storm this pressure presence on yeah. guys so i figured okay when I looked at the matchup, I said, okay, former champion, he's on a tear at a new weight class, incredible skills, and I think, oh, Colby Covington, come on, this guy's, you yeah. know, you know, and what what happens, the the exact he opposite. He beat him in his own game. That's right, yeah, and 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 that's why I love MMA, man, because you think you, you, think you might know what happened, you mm-hmm. think you might know what a guy was going to do, and then... Boom! All of a sudden, the script script gets flipped, and the most and unpredictable you, and, sport. And that fight was amazing, man. It was. It was amazing. Yeah, it was a great fight. I'm a Colby Covington fan now. I wouldn't as I, much as I hate to say. I, it. Yeah, I don't know if I'll go that far, but I'm a fan of his fighting. His style, fighting though. style. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, maybe he'll grow out of his trash talk. I don't know. You know what? He's he's trying to put asses in seats, and he's trying to put money in his bank account, which I can. He made good admire. money. He yeah. made 360. 360,000 for his mm-hmm. win. For his yeah was is does that include bonuses and things like that no plus bonuses here let me oh, wow. I'm, I'm gonna look it up because i saw him, it today man. yeah, you know yeah. What? everyone's trying to copy conor mcgregor mm-hmm. which the reason they're doing that is because you can make three hundred sixty thousand dollars for yeah. spewing because the evidence of the it paying off are so clear right um when you watch colby covington and he repeats the same you know Cheeto finger virgin line four yeah. times mm-hmm. when asked this when asked four different questions you start to think okay you know maybe this isn't exactly who he is mm-hmm. and when if you look back to earlier interviews of, of Colby he's not nearly as bash brash um, he's kind of taking the Chael Sonnen uh, blueprint and running with it which mm-hmm. I mean it's working for him so good for him you know honestly I mean I don't know where that's gonna take MMA um, well, this has been happening for years. It has been happening for years, but but Connor took it to a whole new. I mean, oh, it started yeah. with Chael, obviously, right? But even when Chael was around, not a lot of people were right. When we're on board, when Chael did it, nobody, nobody, nobody tried to copy. Nobody him. saw it as a as a blueprint to success the way yeah. people understood it after Connor started doing it. Mm-hmm. But the reason Connor made it so successful is because 
you get a sense that it's that's genuinely him and that's genuinely how he feels and that's genuinely how he would react his mm. his one-liners and his chirps are just it's they're just off gotta, the cuff and they're perfect yeah. man he's like, witty i mean it's got to come natural you know yeah, what i mean yeah and, uh, and 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 the human mind is capable of detecting that like we're we're, we're, we're yeah we're yeah. the best lie detectors on the planet so so overeem topped the list as always he made eight hundred sixty thousand dollars. yeah for getting absolutely mauled i mean good for him absolutely good. Uh, he deserves it look yeah. at his resume i mean the guy's been fighting he's for an seven absolute years. legend yeah over yeah. one of my favorites man it's too bad to see him in that state i don't know i don't know what's next for him. maybe he'll retire i mean he makes too much money to retire to be honest and yeah. those guys are after those years after like you know 40 50 fights in the bag it's tough to kind of just call it I I would imagine it is, man. Yeah, when you have that passion, mm-hmm. look at Arlovsky, who also fought on that card yep. on Saturday night. You know, he's I think he's like two and eight in his last ten or some. You know, not a salty record to say the least. Yeah. And the guy still gets up in the morning, goes to train, gets goes to fight. You know, he doesn't do it to he just does it because that's who he that's is. That's his life now. Yeah, it's really it's commendable, it's respectable in a way, but it's like, I mean. Teach their own. That's Teach how you their want to live your life. And it's tough. It's tough for us to, to say this guy should retire and this guy should call because yeah. you're not in their shoes. You know Absolutely, what I mean? man. Yeah. And you haven't tried making right. half a million for a fight. Right. One thing I don't like about MMA is when watching it with people or or reading, you know, going over breaking news with some people and they go, "Oh, well, why didn't he just box with them? Why? Yeah, did, yeah. Why?" Did, and I catch myself doing it all the time. I yeah. go, "Oh, well, why doesn't why doesn't if a guy gets, you know, mm-hmm. mounted, I go, "Oh, well, why doesn't he just hit the sweep and get out of there?" It's I'm, probably I'm because because sh- we think fighting is like uh it's like a natural instinct that we all have, you know what I mean? Right. But, but I think MMA is just still so young that we um like people in general including us obviously like still haven't really uh, grasped the concept that it's an absolute skill that you have to master oh, over man. and over and over yeah. and over again yeah. so probably because yeah. the sport's so young but yeah i mean you see someone on the ground you're like oh dude just get up like yeah oh, all right let me push this 200 pound man right, off right, me and then right. i'll get out yeah easier said than done definitely um yeah and whitaker made six hundred ten thousand. just going back to salaries yeah, yeah punk uh cm punk made half a mil fuck man that's awesome I I would take half a mil to Absolutely. get my shit pushed in too. By by a photographer. Uh, no, I mean uh I don't think Dana White's gonna be calling me up anytime soon for yeah. that for that pay per view slot, but Dana, I'm you've ready. Been, I'm I'm there. You've been training longer than CM Punk. Uh he's been he's been training longer a lot longer than I have. Yeah. I and I and I don't train MMA, I just do jujitsu. It's it's a bit different. Yeah, fair enough. And that that being said, you know, if I had all the money in the world and all the time in the world, mm-hmm. I, that's I certainly would love to dedicate my time to that. And so I saw some people in the media, like post-fight and, and analysts and all that, saying, well, should he go back to the regional circuits, refine his skills? And mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely not. I think Dana White has a, a show, the Tuesday Night Contender Series, and I think CM Punk would be the perfect, you know, uh, main character, mm-hmm. quote-unquote, uh, for that show because he he obviously brings in ratings. There's a reason he's on the pay-per-views. It's because he draws in a lot of eyes. Absolutely, yeah. You know, um, but at the end of the day, he's an amateur. He's an amateur, an amateur fighter. So not only is he an amateur, he's also a millionaire, right? Yeah. So if you want him to come on the uh, contender series, they pay them five grand. I think last time I checked, mm-hmm. it was five grand to the other fighters in the contender series. That's what they to pay the them? fighters in the contender series. Right, right. I mean, is CM Punk a millionaire? Right. Gonna go fight for 5k? Right. I doubt it. 
I don't that's think so. 495 less than he made in his last fight. Mm, that's yeah, that's a bit. Yeah. I don't um, know. Certainly it's it's interesting watching his, you know, his uh his athletic career mm-hmm. blossom, but you know, when when you slot him on the pay-per-view over guys like uh Overeem and Claudia Claudia Gadelia and uh Pettis and uh, Pet- uh, Sergio Pettis and Joe Benavides, Benavides it's, yeah. it's a bit of a slap in the face, you know? And and I think Dana White uh, learned his lesson there because after that fight, um, uh-huh. he was making comments about CM Punk's opponent, Mike Jackson, mm-hmm. saying how, you know, oh, he was acting clownish and all this mm-hmm. and that, which if you look at the fight, he certainly, it's, it's almost like, it's almost like, you know, Mike Jackson was in there and they, and like, like he was wasting his time. It's almost as if he thought he was in WWE. Right, yeah. Because he was just like dancing around being yeah. a clown. When they announced the, the score, yeah. uh, like when, you know, the ref has both hands and he was taking a selfie. Yeah, I thought that was really disrespectful. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was really disrespectful. Like you think Dana's going to look at that and be like, oh yeah, this guy's my next and even, star. And even Mike Mike Jackson's, you know, um, he's in Punk's guard on the ground and he's throwing these punches and he's kind of, you know, yeah. looking around like, like he's waiting in line for, for a sandwich. Yeah. You know, it's really disrespectful. And I think he was trying to be a showman and it just yeah. went horribly wrong for him. Right. Yeah. And, but that, okay, so fine. You have a guy who's acting unprofessional. Could it be because he's not a professional? Yeah. <laughs> he's a professional you know, photographer. Play, play stupid games, win stupid prizes, uh, yeah. Uncle Dana, you know? Yeah, you're right. So, I mean, he does regret it. He said that. Um, so, just going back to the co main. Mm. Yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought RDA's stamina looked a bit suspect to me, and mm-hmm. I, it might be because he moved up in weight. Maybe he's packing a bit more muscle mass, uh, body fat. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but he didn't have that stamina that we're used to, mm-hmm. and maybe because CC put the pressure on him. Well, I would disagree about uh, having less stamina due to the increase in weight class, mm-hmm. because typically when you don't cut weight, you have better conditioning. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, full disclosure, I'm not too familiar with whether your stamina increases as you move up or down, regardless of hydration and dehydration. Right, right. I'm not 100% on it yeah. either, but t- typically what you see, Robert Whitaker, you know, got faster when he moved up to middleweight. RDA, true, he's true. been phenomenal at welterweight since his move from lightweight. It happens, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it makes sense, right? You have a bit more water. You don't have to suck down and dehydrate yourself. So, mm-hmm. um, but if you, and it was, it was surprising at the time, but looking back, that Colby was able to outpressure RDA, who was traditionally a pressure fighter. But looking back, um, when RDA fought Khabib uh, three or four years ago, I think. Yep. Who who else defines pressure fighting besides Khabib Nurmagomedov? You know, That's right. and RDA style crumbled underneath that mm-hmm. pressure. So I mean, you could say that uh, um, his RDA's conditioning wasn't at the level of Colby Covington's, but you know that rank one rank two you're still right. you're still the second best you know it could be that he just got absolutely outmatched he, he was outclassed man outclassed. he was outclassed yeah and yeah. and you know back to uh the reasons why i love rda man he he posted a, a photo on instagram of you know himself it's his, like a living room kind of setup pictures that he has of his of his career and he's saying you know i got beat mm-hmm. whatever i'm gonna, i'm going to go back in the gym i'm going to learn my mistakes i'm going to work harder he said um I lost to Khabib, uh, and then 11, 11 months later, I won the lightweight title. 
you know, right. because because I learned from my mistakes. So he'll be back stronger and better than ever. He's only had four fights in the welterweight division, mm-hmm. you know, and he's a durable guy. So we'll be seeing him again, I'm sure. He's durable and he has a skill set to to hang out for a long yeah. time. Um, the the welterweight's kind of a bit in. It's not as uh, disastrous as as middleweight, but you know, there's still some question marks there. So yeah. you got. There's a lot of new blood in welterweight, which mm-hmm. is cool because it's traditionally been one of the most stacked weight classes that yep. the UFC has had. And this is a great problem for the UFC to have because Dana always says our job is not to build champions, but to build contenders. Yep. And they don't have a shortage of contenders at all in the welterweight. Oh, goodness, no. Till you got Usman, you got... Robbie Lawler, who's still in there in the top 10. I wouldn't call him a contender these days, but he's certainly still in the top 10. Still there, still in the conversation. Um, Colby Covington has the uh, interim belt. You'd assume he's going to fight Woodley. I think that's the one they're going to make. You still got Wonderboy hanging around. Oh, goodness, yeah. And Wonderboy, he just lost a decision to... uh, uh, Till, but you know, make no mistake, he's not out of the conversation. No, God, for no. Yeah. you know, top. He's three, still top a nightmare four. of a matchup for yeah. everybody in the top fifteen, man. Mm-hmm. And you know, he had two uh, not so interesting fights, you could say, with the champion Tyron Woodley, and uh, I think that kind of puts a, a, a sour mark on his. The first one was good though. Appeal. The fir- oh, I love I love both matches, man. Mm-hmm. They were sweet. But in terms of like entertainment value, the first one was really yeah. good. The second one. I was really entertained just because I was emotionally invested. Yeah. So I was pretty nervous and I didn't like get that sense that it's boring. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm watching it as a neutral fan, I'm definitely bored. Right, right. Or as someone, you know, who, yeah, who isn't invested in the, in the yeah. characters or... Exactly, it's the characters, you know, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, I don't know. I wonder, you know, Covington's going to fight Woodley. Right, yeah. That's definitely the next matchup mm-hmm. to make for the title picture. And you got to think that Till's got next. Till probably after that, maybe. Uh, I'd like to see Till fight one more time just because there was some controversy with his win. You know, it wasn't yeah. um, it wasn't a stellar, you know, high re- highlight real finish. It was an impressive win, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Steven Thompson is an incredible win to have on your resume. He did miss weight by a lot in that fight. So uh, th- yeah. to me, but who cares? At the end of the day, mm-hmm. when you Google Darren Till, you look at his record, it just it just has a W beside the... That's true. On the, on the column, you know what I mean? It doesn't That's say... True all this crap that we that mm-hmm. fans like you and I worry about, you know? That's true. So um, we could see that. Yeah, he did miss weight. You got Osman, Nick, Kamara Osman, maybe maybe throw him in there with Till for a number one contender. That'd be really interesting. Yeah. Uh, Usman's rated six, ranked six in the world. That'd mm-hmm. be interesting. I typically like to see, you know, one contender climb their way through the title because Usman's like right behind there. Uh, behind Till, I think, as the next kind of big uh, contender for the yeah, title. Yeah. So I, I like to, just personally, I like to see contenders fight for the title before they fight each other. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That way you don't have to, that way you don't knock off these kind of young guys that are trying to make their dreams happen. Um, what do you think's next for RDA? Yeah, that's the question. I think RDA should fight maybe, maybe someone in the, you know, top 10, top 15. Yeah. Rob, uh, RDA, Robbie Lawler. I like that. Or did lot. they fight already? No. No, they already fought. They already they fought. They already fought, yeah. yeah. Oh, he fought him after he moved up to yeah. Maybe make that a That was an amazing fight. Maybe make a second one. I'm not sure. I think uh two enough fights are a dying breed in the UFC these days. And fighters, I think their egos are getting in the mm-hmm. way. What do you wh- why are they a dying breed? Why do you think they're a dying breed? I think not enough fighters are taking tune up fights after they lose. Maybe mm, they we saw it in Weidman. Yeah, they all just want to get back in there. They want to get up back in there and fight again for the title yeah. or for the number one contender, or maybe t- fight a top three, top four. 
You know, yeah. a tune-up fight is not a bad idea, man. But are there tune-up fights in the talent-stacked welterweight division? I mean, by a tune-up fight, I mean, like, relatively tune-up. Maybe someone in the top 15, top yeah, 10. Yeah, but maybe. also, you know, the reason they don't take it is because it's risky. If you lose to someone who's ranked 14, let's say, yeah, number where does four, that put you? where does that put you? Absolutely, man. Yeah, I hear that. It's it's very interesting, man. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, RDA versus Wonderboy, Stephen Thompson. That could be cool. That would be really cool, man. That'd, that'd be, be a cool fight. that'd be a cool fight. For, yeah, yeah, for for all fans, you know, the the diehards and the casuals. Mm-hmm. I think. I don't know who I would favor in that fight. Um, that'd be really interesting, yeah, because you got to imagine Wonderboy's got that reach, you know. Mm-hmm. But how, he has that speed to match yeah. RDA's. Stephen Thompson, but yeah, how does and then how does that long, reachy, rangy mm-hmm. style match up against a pressure fighter like RDA? Fascinating hey, how about Jorge Masvidal? When was the last time you heard his name? Oh goodness, he fought. He uh, fought Wonder Boy, but yeah. after he lost to Wonder Boy, he's been. Uh, Can't remember last yeah. day, last time I heard his name. Yeah, well, he was in he was in the corner. He for, was yeah. uh, uh Colby and I believe Romero for Romero. Yeah, yeah, they're all boys, which is mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. The fuck, the gangster squad. Yeah, the ATT yeah. squad. Oh goodness, those Cuban, those those Florida boys. Yeah. Oh monsters. goodness, man. Yeah, they they're all, yeah, they're all amazing to watch. Yeah, I don't know. Wonder Boy RDA wouldn't be yeah. too bad of an idea. And then you got uh, just lower down in the top fifteen. You got guys like Leon Edwards. I think he's fighting Donald Cerrone coming up it's some oh yeah Cerrone has a fight book international card yeah I think uh, Gunnar Nelson's still there man oh yeah Gunnar Nelson I like Gunnar Nelson he's a bit small for the weight class I mm-hmm. think but he's still always fun to watch where's Ponzinibbio ranked right now uh, he's number 10 above okay. ranked higher than Donald Cerrone and Gunnar Nelson and Leon Edwards mm-hmm. makes sense he beat uh, yeah. Gunnar Nelson yeah yeah Ponzinibbio's one of those guys not many people know about but he's mm-hmm. always game and you yeah. know and always a tough out Argentinian monster too. Um, okay, move up to move down to Holly Holm and Megan Anderson. Mm. What do you think of that fight? Oh goodness, yeah, that that was a really cool one to watch. Big mm. big women's MMA fight, huge, yeah, huge. Um, Holm, I've been a huge fan of hers ever since she knocked out Ronda. Mm-hmm. You know, um, again, one of those one of those fighters like RDA who just wants to keep putting the work in, wants to keep keep working and puts her nose down and th- you know thanks god for the wins thanks yeah. god for the losses you gotta I admire love that it, mentality too it's I like love it, get man. knocked down yeah get back up yeah. get knocked down get it's back a, up. yeah it's a they're, they're great representatives for the sport so mm-hmm. i can't help but to like um fighters like that and then megan anderson you want to talk about a bay man mm-hmm. come on she's she she's is super fine she's gotta be six eight probably oh she's all of i don't know seven how tall foot she is. 12 man yeah yeah she just looked Tied like a up. And that's not, you know, that that's not the first thing you notice about her because as soon as she steps in the cage, it's it's on, man. She's mm-hmm. really talented. And in the first fight, first round of that uh, Holly Holm fight, you know, she was, she 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 gave her the the old eight piece combo. She came man. out hot. Yeah, yeah, sure she, she came, came out, out really hot. well. But mm-hmm. you know, Holly Holm's a a veteran, man, a crafty, grizzled you, veteran comes in with a strong game plan, more experience, you could say, way more experience. Or you could definitely say, yeah, way more experience. Um, I don't think Megan. This was Megan Anderson's first fight in the UFC. I don't think she, you know, uh, wilted under the big lights. I think she's used to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, man, yeah. I mean, she's relatively young. She's twenty-eight. Right. Uh, you know, she's not like a young yeah. up-and-comer, but she's also not old. And in, in a thin division, one forty-five, very thin. She th- thin. You want thin? She's the only uh, yeah, contender. She's, yeah, yeah. She's right. the only one forty-fiver. You know, I mean, every other fighter that's fought at one forty-five has been a one thirty-fiver that you know didn't cut weight yeah women's featherweight is it's tough to find big girls mm-hmm. who 
are the, you know at that level of championship caliber you know yeah but uh, uh, in time it'll come man you know it's great to see come, it's great sure. to see a girl like megan anderson you know she's she's uh, a good representative for the sport again you know and she's got that market behind her just yeah. like whitaker she's from australia yeah. she's you know after uh hunt because hunt is australian is he not he's from, he's new, from zealand. new zealand, he's from new zealand. Believe, yeah but he's got that market behind but, him though. but yeah those 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 guys all kind of stick together yeah. they all kind of I mean, represent each other i know australia and new zealand have that rivalry going but right. but i have a feeling that but it's still it's still you know you'll grab yeah yeah, yeah. that part of the world versus everybody else I exactly think. so uh so yeah i mean she's great to have in the ufc cyborg cyborg is gonna fight nunez i think that's like right. what they want to make it's not right. officially yet the, so so yeah the, with that matchup you know it's it's kind of tricky because let's say going back last week before this matchup mm. you have all these options right holly fights megan holly's a 135er she wants to fight at 135 they give her this fight at 145 for the you know recognition value to build up mm. this 145 contender in anderson um so let's say obviously this is all fallen out already but let's going back to last week let's say holly wins she beats the only contender in 145, then moves back down. Okay, mm -hmm. fine. Good for Holly. Mm -hmm. Let's say Megan Anderson wins. Okay, fine. That, now she has to fight. Ready? She has to fight. Ready? Chris Cyborg. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> yeah. Good, good luck good with good all luck. that. Have fun. You She's going to be like, oh, I'm going back to Invicta. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's it's a tall, 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 tall order mm -hmm. to fight a girl like As uh, tall as she Cyborg. is, it's a taller order. Exactly, man. So it, it's... I think ideally the UFC was hoping that Megan Anderson would win, which would kind of, which would build her brand off of mm -hmm. a, a dominant win or a high profile win in Holly. Holly Holm. And then she gets to fight for the title. However, that's the, the MMA. The reason MMA is so cool, man, is because mm -hmm. you think one thing's going to happen and the, the, the script happens. gets flipped, man. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, that was definitely the point behind the matchup is uh, you never want to showcase the the veteran right against the young right. guy you always want to showcase the young talent right. against the veteran yeah so i guess the point of that matchup was yeah. to build up megan anderson i, I think i think if the the the, the they were yeah they're banking on building the superstar in megan anderson and giving her a big challenge in arguably the most popular active women's mma fighter in mm -hmm. holly Holm. um definitely the most and they're thinking okay fine holly was uh two two and three in her last five or whatever it is. Megan's probably got a pretty good shot, but she, when you, when you got a girl who wants to win that bad, man, you, you never know what's going to happen. And Holly just showed how well-rounded she was too, because Absolutely. obviously everybody know her, knows her as a boxer and uh, someone who kicks very well, but her ground game was, mm -hmm. was amazing against Megan Anderson. I mean, I she thought, put the beating down on her on yeah. the ground. Um, in her last fight against Cyborg, right? Mm -hmm. Holly, uh, she was able to clinch well against Cyborg, but then I found, I thought that, you know, she, she was able to control her well on the clinch, but then she didn't really, well, she wasn't really active with strikes there. Yeah, she wasn't very which active. I thought, yeah. Which I thought, you know, might have cost her the fight. Uh, she went the distance with Cyborg, which I think no one's done in over 10 years, um, which is super impressive in its own right. But if, you know, maybe a couple more strikes in the clinch could have mm -hmm. pointed out a couple rounds for her, you know? Could be. Uh, and, and what happened in this fight, she she was effective in the clinch, more more aggressive there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she's she's a veteran, like you say, but she's still learning and still adapting and still proving. So The one knock on her in her past few fights is that she's not 
super active with her striking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's that kind of eesh, frustrates. Eesh, eesh. Yeah, just making each sounds and not not much striking <laughs> yeah, going on. Yeah. And I think that frustrates fans because they know how amazing of a striker she is, and mm-hmm. she's not giving it to us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, she showed a lot more in, in the Megan Anderson fight, which I thought was great, great mm-hmm. on her part. Yeah, it was a great win for Holly. You know. Mm. Yeah. Although, can you really fault her against Cyborg not throwing many punches? Because Cyborg can counter you from oh, hell. Oh, goodness. Yeah, yeah. And and yeah. then good luck. Um. Anyway, so Cyborg versus Nunes is the fight they want to make. Mm-hmm. Which I would be super excited to watch. Super yeah. excited. Yeah. You got to think that's fun for the... You got to think that's for Nunes. If Nunes wins that, she gets both titles. Mm-hmm. If Cyborg wins that... She retains just her own title. There's no way in hell she's going down to 135. No. So okay, so how is that matchup going to look like then? One of them, if if one of them wins, she'll has she'll have two it's titles. A super if, fight. Okay, but in, usually in super fight, you get two mm-hmm. two belts at the end of the mm-hmm. night. This one's going to end up with either one or two. Right. So if um, let's say if Cyborg wins, then Amanda is going to go back and remain the champ. Sure. Yeah. Why not? I think that keeps things even it's, more think, fair. I think it's great, you know, because um, Cyborg wants these high-profile fights mm-hmm. to, you know, solidify her legacy. And Amanda Nunes is, ext- like, I imagine she's, for the UFC, she's one of the high-profile champions that they like to showcase, you yeah. know? So, um, and and it's high high reward low risk for amanda nunez relatively speaking in terms True. in terms of retaining her title and it things like that title, yeah in terms of brain damage not so much no you know i think uh cyborg does a lot of the things that amanda nunez does well and better and bigger and stronger and faster mm-hmm. so it'd be really interesting to see that you know the thing with super fights is that they're almost just too good to be true because let's say you win right you win a super fight you have two belts you know how active you have to be to defend two belts, right, 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 and then with additional weight cuts, and then yeah, the, or additional the weight of, increase, the factor of yeah, changing your weight cut, changing between, weight cut, and and yeah. like contenders in both divisions are yeah. just waiting around, like right, all right, 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 let's go. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if any UFC champion actively defended both belts when they of the of the limited pool of guys who have had two. I don't think many or any. Have. Well, I think the only one who had two simultaneously was Connor. Mm. Maybe Randy Couture, but I feel like he uh, he vacated one of them. Maybe you're right. Yeah, yeah, he was the first one to win two belts simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Uh, Connor and obviously, yeah. Look, how we haven't seen out. him since. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Yeah, and uh, now they're gonna offer him a third one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Apparently, he was supposed to fight RDA for the interim belt. Um, so yeah, we can talk about that. Uh, so, I think most people know about the the incident at Madison Square Garden where. Connor threw a dolly at a bus of fighters and, you know, was in a lot of legal troubles and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then recent, so that was about a couple of months ago. And I think, and recently within the last week or so, the Dana White and the UFC reported that they were going to, they were going to offer Connor a third mm-hmm. title fight at welterweight. But if he, if he didn't throw that dolly, they would have done it, right. which, which I look at very, uh, with, with, with skeptical eyes, you mm-hmm. know, it's one of those things where, Okay, you can you can do a little retcon where yeah. you say, okay, oh yeah, we well we punished Connor, so yeah. blah, blah, so oh, we're we good. showed that guy, yeah, we showed him we're better than him. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, people can believe you, people cannot believe you. It's it's one of those things where mm-hmm. uh, I'm not so sure about. I and mean, people were kind of asking for Connor to be punished, and then it was like, oh yeah, 
Right. That's what right. that was his punishment. Right. Leave right. Me alone. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Which is, you know, no. it's a fugazi. Yeah. Um. How about we get into some CM Punk? Oh. CM Punk versus. Uh, yeah. We talked a little bit about that before, but I mean. So hang on. Uh. So we did Romero Whitaker. We did Holly. Oh. Is there a fight we're missing? Oh yeah. Did, I mean, we did the main, the main event, the co-main event, and then uh, Holman Anderson, mm-hmm. and there was one more before Punk and Jackson. Yeah. Um, Who am I thinking of? Oh, uh, Arlovsky and Tuvasa, maybe. Yeah, that was on the main card. Yeah, that guy, that guy Tuvasa, is an inspiration to a barrels worldwide. Yeah, he's a cool guy. If you're thick, that's your that's mm-hmm. your idol. If you're a bowl of jello, that's your idol. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's cool, man. Um, yeah, I mean, he's got a. Just, there wasn't anything super spectacular about that fight. You know, it's heavyweight. It's always fun to see those big guys, yeah. you know, slobber knocker each other. Um, it de- definitely is the most high-profile win of his career. Was, oh, easily. Yeah. Especially I, as a on the main card yeah. against a name like Arlovsky. Yeah. Did the shoey after. Oh, so gross, that, So disgusting. I remember in high school, we used to do those all the time. You've done a shoey before? We, we, didn't, we didn't spit in them. So oh, you're supposed it, to spit? In Australia, yeah. You, they, they take the shoe off, they spit in the shoe, they fill it with beer, and then... The, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's vulgar. But yeah, in high, man, we, yeah, in high school... Like the first At person who ever thought about doing a shoey, like wh- what the hell was going through his mind? Bro, they're Australians. It's a nation of ex-cons. They're animals know. down there. I don't know what goes down in Australia. It's the most fascinating country in oh, the entire yeah. world. It's like it's like Canada on meth. I find, <laughs> and in summer all the time. A lot of Australians act like Canadians. I find. Are they nice? Probably oh, nice oh yeah, nice people, man. Yeah, yeah. always nice. Always hammered too. So always hammered. Yeah, it seems like Canadians to me. Um, Overeem versus Blades. I mean, that's not in the main card, but you know, R.I.P. Overeem. Oh, dude, yeah, was, man. Like I said, it's tough being an Over Overeem fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, it was a huge win for Curtis Blades. Big, big win for him yeah. for sure. And he's, you know, I think he's only twenty-seven as well. So the sky's the limit for that guy, man. Mm-hmm. He's really good. Uh, Claudia Cadella and uh, Carla Esparza. So Esparza was on the MMA Hour yesterday. Oh yeah, okay. And she said that. Claudia was cheating and that she mm. was greasing. Wow. Yeah. And so obviously Ariel Halwani was like trying to get more out of her. Like, how do you know? Uh, have you heard anything in the past? Stuff like that. And she's like, no, no, nothing, nothing. But uh, she's a cheater and I know she's a cheater and she wow. was greasing. Interesting. It's like, I don't know how much stock I put into that claim mm-hmm. because, uh, okay, she was with her. You can she tell what? she was in the cage with her, not me. Right, right, right. She knows, I guess. She felt her. She felt her. She knows she's greasing or not. Um, I don't know. That's a pretty big accusation it's a, it's to make, though. It's a bold though. claim, definitely, man. Um, it's too late to test now. Yeah. I. It's tough to say, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you're a professional athlete, you do anything you can to get an advantage. Get you edge. know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think I. I don't think Claudia Daly has never done anything in the past to mm-hmm. kind of make you think that she is a cheater so who knows but you know who knows man carla's career has been up and down up and down up and down mm-hmm. very, like over the last few years so maybe she is you know that's l- looking for a way to justify the loss or something like that you never know man Could um, be. it'll be interesting how she, to see how she rebounds from this loss and you know if she's able to get back on her horse and mm-hmm. work you know work her way back up as far as that, because Claudia right. won, yeah. Obviously, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Claudia won. Um, okay. 
we're done with the main card and yeah. we talked a little bit about some prelim fights. How about weight cutting? Okay. So Dana recently said that for people who don't know, uh, weigh-ins for the fights used to be at 8 p.m. the day before the fight. Right. They ch- they changed it to about um, 9 to 11 a.m. the day before the fight. So fighters have a longer period to rehydrate. An additional 10 or 12 yeah, hours. To weigh in and then rehydrate yeah. before the fight. Which, so, for those people who don't know, that extra 12 hours of... Mm-hmm getting water in you, rehydrating, eating a couple meals, mm-hmm. that's that could make all the difference in a fight. Mm-hmm. More than more than uh, 24 hours, probably around like 30 or something like that, 32 yeah. hours. Um, True, yeah. So now they want to change it back mm-hmm. to the 8 p.m. weigh-ins because more fighters are missing weight. Mm-hmm. So I was just looking some stuff up on, um, on you know, weight cutting and the, the effects it has on the body. So there was this, I only found one study on that. So they tested these MMA fighters when they weighed in at 8 p.m., mm-hmm. and then they tested them right before they went into the cage. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't disclose whether it's in the UFC or not, but they're, they're employ- implying um, similar, they're applying similar methods to weight cutting, so you got to think it's, it's pretty relevant to the UFC. So they found that 39% of the subjects were significantly dehydrated when wow. they got into the cage. Of those uh, dehydrated, 11% were seriously dehydrated. Oh, great. Yeah. So you're going in there dehydrated, which means your stamina is shot. Your brain obviously can't take a... So just quickly, even if you are weighing in an an additional 12 hours early, Mm -hmm. your body might rehydrate, but that's still... They say, I think it's like 36 to 48 hours for your brain to completely rehydrate. Mm -hmm. And and when your brain's dehydrated, there's, there's nothing... The fluid in your brain is what keeps you from getting concussed, right? right. It's, it's that shield. It's the that, protection shield. Yeah. And so if, the, if it's all dried out, there's nothing to protect your brain from the side of your skull. Mm-hmm. When you get hit, you're more easily rattled, more easily concussed. Exactly. So um, they found that only 23% were well hydrated before it's the competition. Terrible, so they tested them two hours before, before entering a cage. Um, also, fighters put on around, on average... 7.5 no around eight pounds of of body weight by the time they enter the octagon so from the time they uh weigh it in mm-hmm. till the time they stepped in the octagon they put on on average eight more pounds mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i mean who are we kidding here yeah like yeah. you're pretending it, it, we're, to be... we're talking about the 170 pound 170 pound title mm-hmm. no one's weighing in 170 no in the welterweight division yeah it's you know what are we talking about yeah you're right man it's very strange you know it's very strange and and um Obviously, like it's it's not fair to kind of criticize something without offering a better alternative. But, I agree. Yeah, sure. But who can come up with a better alternative? I mean, that's got a. It's it's tough because it's kind of ingrained in the culture of the of the, of training camps and and, yeah. and and the athletes' development. You know, um, g- going back to this the scoring when we talked about scoring earlier, that's that was kind of integrated from the from old boxing. boxing system. And weight cutting is traditionally a wrestling mm-hmm. uh, thing. You know, guys compete in wrestling tournaments and that's that's all they know for Mm -hmm. from high school to the end of college you know eight ten years or even before i'm not sure if they do it before that and for and you know what i'll backtrack on that i don't think there's much weight cutting going on in high school wrestling yeah and but let's say there is okay so like six to eight years misha tate said she used to cut weight in high school okay um uh so there's like six six years let's say of that's that's all you're doing cutting mm-hmm. weight cutting weight cutting weight and then by the time you get to the ufc you know these guys are professional athletes they will do anything for an advantage man if you weigh if if we have the same exact skill set 
let's say if I'm fighting a clone of myself mm -hmm. and my clone all of a sudden weighs 10 pounds more, guess what? He's the better fighter. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's it's tough because these guys want to do everything they can to do and get an advantage. And, uh, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's that, um, scale of diminishing returns, you know, mm -hmm. how much are you depleting yourself for which type of an advantage, you right. know? So from a fighter standpoint, I can see that they might want to keep it going, but you know, from the long-term safety and longevity of it, it's, it's, it's not as beneficial. Eventually, sooner or later, something will be done about weight cutting. It's just a matter yeah. of, of when. Right. Um, so they asked a lot of fighters on MMA fighting, uh, on what's it called? MMAfighting.com. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So they're asking a bunch of fighters in the media availability days on whether you wanted to go back to 8 p.m., whether you want to keep it at the early weigh-ins. And everybody wants the early weigh-ins. Oh, really? Yeah, of course. They, they, well, more time to rehydrate, right? Yeah, absolutely. And then they ask Dana in the post-fight uh, uh, presser, <laughs> and they're like, so we asked fighters, uh, 10 out of 10 said they wanted the early weigh-ins. What do you think? He's like, oh, well, I asked more fighters. Oh, of course. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he's like, I asked more fighters, and uh, more fighters want the, the late weigh-ins. <laughs> Which, I mean, when Dana said something, it's like, take the opposite, and that's yeah, the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the thing is, like, I don't get why he wants to do it I know more fighters have missed weight after they implemented the early weigh-ins mm -hmm. than before. There's been an increase in missed weight they yeah, ever they since they've done ever since they yeah. added this, yeah. So, but here's the thing: why not have a weigh-in that goes from let's say 9 a.m. until 6 p.m. Right. Yeah. Or 9 Just to 5. Open How the window a bit longer. So the argument against that is that they don't want to employ the commission staff for longer and pay them more. But here's the thing: come on, yeah. If someone misses weight and pulls out of the fight. That's money you've lost on promotion because you've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars promoting a fight. Right. So you want to risk losing hundreds of thousands of dollars? Yeah. To not spend a couple Versus thousand. Versus paying minimum wage for a couple. For a couple commissions. I mean, what are they doing? Yeah. Get on the scale, yell the score, right, right. or yell the weight. Yeah, that's really interesting, man. I think another counter argument to opening the scales for a longer period of time is goes back to the weight cut issue, man. Mm -hmm. Like a weight class, so welterweight, for example. There's lightweight, which is 155. So welterweight is 156.5 to 170. Mm -hmm. But guess what? Everybody's weighing in at 170. Mm -hmm. So if you open the scales from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m., everyone's going to weigh in at, or most people will weigh in at 5.30 p.m. or something like that. You know, right. it's like you can open it to a range, but people will ultimately find the optimal thing but maybe that is a good solution. You know, open it up for a longer period of time. Mm -hmm. Determine where guys like to weigh in. Yeah, and and determine the best time fighters like to weigh in that produces the best results for a for a made weight result, mm -hmm. and then implement that in the future. You know what I mean? Like, True. Th there's no there's no reason not to experiment with these kind of things. You really have nothing to lose because if you exactly. open it up, yeah, everybody's gonna weigh in. That's a good point. Yeah. People who miss and the people who don't miss. What and then um, you'll see, you'll get there's there's other there's a organization in Asia where they they. Measure one, one FC, one FC, yeah. They measure hydration levels throughout a fighter's mm. camp. So maybe another one solution could be that you know guys typically uh, arrive at an event a week before. They mm. take their weight, like the the UFC or the commission could measure their weight and their hydration levels when they arrive, and then maybe two days after that, and then maybe two days after mm -hmm. that, and then you know, and then let's say if you're fighting at 170, you show up to fight week at 185 or whatever, mm -hmm. then maybe 
maybe after you weigh in, you can only weigh a certain amount more than after you weigh in or something like that yeah. on fight night. You know, yeah. there's, there's certainly measurements that could be made to both increase athletic performance and put on better shows for fighters and which keeps them happy and, you know, uh, also increase uh, weight, like weigh-ins that are successful. Yeah, successful weigh-ins. Uh, I've, I heard, but I'm not sure because I don't watch 1FC. Me neither, yeah. I don't want... I'm, I'm filthy casual. I don't yeah. watch Asian MMA. Um, I think the knock on them is that they have a lot of opponents that are mismatched size-wise. Mm. A lot of fights that are mismatched size-wise. And I don't know how that can happen. I think maybe fighters figured out a way around mm-hmm, mm. uh, those kind of... Uh, you know, weigh-ins on a timeline. Mm-hmm, they figured mm-hmm. out a way around it. Right. So that right. by the time they step in, they're much bigger. Yeah, oh man. They're, well, there's, it doesn't matter what system you implement, man. There's oh, always going to be a way around, they'll man. They'll find a way. You know, people, people, and for, for the, now that we're in the USADA era where the United States anti-doping administration is implementing, you know, Olympic level drug testing, mm-hmm. there's still guys who are cheating. There's still guys working oh, yeah. around that, you know, so... I think the best solution would be to find a method that mm-hmm. both increases fighter, you know, health and safety and also um, produces, you know, better athletic performances. Yeah. That's the, the best that we can ask for, I think. Okay, let's end on this uh, question. Do you think that eventually we'll reach a a point where MMA is no longer a sport because of the continuous research in CTE and all that? And I think mm-hmm. that this is a question that was asked to Joe Rogan while ago i forgot who asked him that but it was a good question um like do you think we'll reach a, a point in time where what did rogan say i'm not sure what he said i think he what he, what he said is like we're, we're kind of seeing it already where people are hesitant to enroll their kids in football and mm. and maybe as the research continues mma will be next um i mean i hope not from a fan's perspective oh definitely yeah well, i think man i think sport and competition is you know uh, deeply deeply rooted in the human psyche and the human condition so uh, there's always going to be some kind of entertainment sport on tv mm-hmm. you know if you there and even now there's things like uh boss Rutten's, uh karate show or whatever the heck he's doing over there where you know they they don't strike to the head or they don't they don't do kicks to the knee or whatever right like let's say um i think I think there and and if there's money to be made, there's a market will develop. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean. So, um, I think there will always have uh, things like football. And and you want to talk about being ingrained in the culture. Football is about as American as you know, mm-hmm. as democracy or as American pie as, as pie. As or, a yeah, pie. yeah, yeah. Um, but certainly, I think as more information comes out, people will will be more cognizant of the risks and things like that. But with every adaptation, there's a counter adaptation, you know? Mm-hmm. So as we learn, as, as people become more hesitant, the game will become more uh, refined, safer, and interest will continue to grow and mm-hmm. it'll snowball from there. That's what I think, man. I think, obviously, Dana, Dana White has done like an amazing job of growing the sport oh. and growing the franchise. There's absolutely, you know... He's the best promoter in the world, yeah. Absolutely. But I think there's still a bit more for him to, to, to do in terms of focus a bit more on that um, yeah, man. you know like just like the early wins like 
you know, maybe open open the way and window a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you just have a, a bit more of an open mind when the, you approach these issues. I think a, a spot of like a silver lining, you can kind of, if you're an MMA fan, you're worried about, you know, the future of the sport and things like that. I, the way I think of it is um, MMA and the UFC, they're about 20, 22 years old. Think about like if you want to compare it to the NHL, which just celebrated its 100th year. Yeah. 22 years in the NHL was about 1930. Mm-hmm. Guys didn't wear helmets. Guys didn't wear face masks. Like nobody, you know, goalies, if if goalies didn't make any good saves, you yeah. know, things like that. You didn't have, it's, it's, we're in a very rudimentary state. Think about, think about where a sport like hockey got in 20 years mm-hmm. versus 80 years later in today's timeline. Yeah. And think about MMA now and think about where MMA could be 80 years in the future. Yeah, correct. Think about, you know, and, and I think about that and I think, God, good Lord, man. You wonder what it's going to yeah, be like yeah. when it reaches the age of... Right. Because you're right, the sport isn't in its infancy. And um, I think the one advantage that MMA has on its side is that it's seen the development of the MLB and the NHL and the NFL. Mm-hmm. It's seen them... Th- they they have a blueprint th- to kind yeah, of work off of. Exactly. Yeah. They've seen the development of those leagues. So they have some mistakes and some good moves to learn from right, that, absolutely that they've not. seen. And, you, and, and something that MMA has that other sports don't have is it's everybody fights, man. Every single person knows what fighting is, knows mm-hmm. how to fight. I mean, relatively speaking, and they do it in every corner of the world. There's guys, there's they don't guys necessarily know how to fight, but it's like, it's an hour, um, evolutionary yeah. Yeah. makeup. It's an, it's an yeah. instinct, man. Yeah. And, you know, you don't you don't need hockey pads to fight. You don't need a goalie mask to fight. Mm-hmm. You don't need a basketball and a net to fight. You need you need two you know shovers and two legs. That's it, man. Mm-hmm. So, or even one shover. Have you seen Nick Newell? That's right. There you go. You yeah. don't even need two shovers, man. Let, let's bring that up. On the people who don't know, Nick Newell is a is a professional MMA fighter who is he's on Dana White's Contender Series. Yeah, I believe, so right? he's about to fight on Dana White Contender Series, which is a an event where the you know, people who showcase themselves and are successful in kind of uh, showcasing themselves and their talents can get a contract to fight in the UFC. He has one hand, one arm, right? Right. Um, I think he has. Was he half, born half an arm? He was born, I believe, with um, a defect that you know he only has half of one forearm. He was born with it. I could be. I could be wrong on that. Yeah. To be honest, I'm not sure. I, I don't know either. But again, it's, it's uh, still just as impressive. He fights with one arm. Man, fighting with. Two and hands, he's very good. Fighting with two hands is the hardest thing to do mm-hmm. um, physically. And guess what? He's doing it with one and beating the shit out of guys. So yeah. you know, it's it's incredible. If you're if you're a fan of a you know a Cinderella story, an underdog story, yeah, check this guy out, out man. Yeah. yeah, and he is actually really good. It's not like he's you know right. some, sh- some schlub is like, oh, let's give this guy. No, no, no. right, right, right. No, yeah. the guy's oh, good. He's, yeah, he's there to win, man. Yeah, yeah he's crazy. Um, you want to end on a plug? You want to? Uh, well, first of all, man, I I brought you something. Oh, uh, since this was an MMA related show, I I thought I'd bring you show that. Yeah, show that. A nice uh, thank you MMA. Uh, Who signed this? Memoir. I got this at a UFC fan expo mm-hmm. back in 2011 when I was in the 12th grade. Me and some friends skipped school to go. Dude, I remember it was that in day. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I on. asked you, I was like, where were you? And you're like, oh, I was at the UFC event. And for people who don't know, that's like the year I moved to Canada, right? Yeah. So I was just like, yeah. Had, just a, no just a quick note on that, man. I remember when you moved to Canada, I remember 
being in homeroom with you in the 12th grade. I remember turning around and everyone yeah. was in our school uniform and you didn't have one on. And I yeah. think, oh, this friggin' rich douchebag yeah. doesn't have a <laughs> uniform. I didn't realize you couldn't speak a link of English yeah. and, you know, didn't know anything. And we've been friends ever since, man. That's it's, true. It's been an honor it's to be been... on the show as a fan and awesome. as your friend, man. But yeah, this thing, I got it signed by, uh, let's see here, Hoist Gracie, uh, Chuck Liddell. Hoist Gracie himself. Hoist, Hoist Gracie, yeah. Uh, Chuck Liddell, uh, Frank Mir, Ben Rothwell, um, Anthony Pettis on this side, I believe. Showtime. Yeah, Showtime, my man. And yeah, I just figured I'd leave it here for the studio, you know. Thanks, man. I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah, dude. I appreciate it a lot. Thank my you. pleasure, man. Like I said, man, it's a, it's been a pleasure to be on the show as your friend and as a fan of Fandom Science. Well, you this know? is not the only time you're going to be on, dude. I, well, yeah, man. Anytime you want me back on, I'd love to be on. Whenever. Um, whenever you want. Every time there's a UFC event, let's cool. break it down. Yeah, sure, man. I'm down. Um, I just wanted to say, I so my interest in, in uh, MMA and martial arts comes from uh, practicing martial arts. So I, I trained jujitsu at a local club in Oshawa called Bruckman's martial arts. Um, if anybody's interested in martial arts or, uh, you know, training, boxing, kickboxing, we have kids classes, adults classes, uh, today, or rather this Friday, June 15th, they're doing a 50% off sale. You can get a year membership for 50% off. It's the best deal you will ever get, um, on anything, not just a gym membership. Yeah. Um, and people who train know just how expensive, uh, martial arts training can be so oh, yeah. a 50 percent off deal yeah. is honestly yeah man I, that's when i first started that's what i did i signed up for the 50 percent off yeah i signed myself up for a year and then every time and i was thinking god damn it i don't want to train but i paid all this money i might as well go and yeah. and, and, and you know i'm two and a half years into my uh martial arts journey and it's i, I couldn't have asked for you know anything anything better so if you're interested in that you can uh you can google bruckman martial arts or you can message me on instagram or facebook yeah um i'll put i'll, I'll put the uh, your twitter handle or your instagram handle sure, down in great the, sure uh, the thing people awesome see. man yeah this was awesome man thanks for coming man let's do this again awesome yeah sounds right, good dude. buddy